but he saw a future, a future of a man who would grow up to be second in command of the greatest nation in his present world. And God would say to each one of you, I do not see you where you are, but I see you where I am bringing you. I am seeing you into a land of plenty, a broad land, an open land, a spacious land, a land where you can frolic, a land where you can play, a land where you can rejoice. So hear me, my children, hear me, my people, where you are today is not where you are going. You are not bound by your current circumstance or situation because I am not bound by your circumstance and situation. I rise above, I go beyond, I go through, I clear out the way, I make a way. I am truly the, the way maker, the way maker of that which you cannot see and cannot plan and, and you cannot comprehend. So children, do not see yourself as you are, but see yourself through my eyes so I can bring you into the place that I want you to be. Bow down and say, God bless you. I was broken and now I'm whole. Bow to them. Say, God bless you. Now I was broken and now I'm whole. Say, I was broken and now I'm getting whole. Amen. Five people bow down. Bow down to them and say, God bless you. I was broken. I'm getting whole. Thank you. Good evening, Evangel. Good to see you tonight. Amen. I'm glad that you're here. I had a prophetic word, but I'm going to just give it to you in a different vein. And what I sense and feel God is bringing. But tonight, I want to change again, Tom, the order of service. And um, we're going to take communion tonight yeah. as a family. I want to encourage all of you to take communion in your homes daily. Um, I find myself sometimes twice a day, three times a day, amen? But once a day, we take communion in our house. And I want to encourage you, as the body of Christ, I want to encourage you as priests of your home. Now, when you come to church, there's an order, amen? There's an order of doing things, whether it be assistant pastors in certain churches, the associate pastors, the elders, the deacon board, whoever. There's a certain etiquette in the house. But in your home, you are the priest of your home. You don't need to be ordained minister to take communion. Grab the bread, grab some grape juice or a piece of bread. If you don't have grape juice, water. Amen? 
and it, it, what it represents and take communion remembering what God has done for you every day. I want to encourage you to do this. I have been doing this for many, many years. But even now with covert, we find ourselves twice a day sometimes. As often, as often, do this in remembrance of me. So I would take that scripture to read more than once a day if you want to. Many times, knowing that I have communion service here on a Sunday, I'll have it at home before I get here. Amen? Or at night before I go to bed, I'll just pull out some grape juice and a cracker. So I want to encourage you to make that a part of your devotions every day. Again, I don't believe you have to be a priest. I don't believe you have to be ordained minister. I don't believe you have to be a credentialed minister or a chaplain in order to serve yourself communion in your home. You are the priest of your home. Amen? Use it as a weapon. Use it as a tool of remembrance of what God did for you. Amen? Well, my main squeeze is here. And, I, and, I, and, and, my, and she's not only my main squeeze, she's my only squeeze. And I got a joke about squeeze. Listen closely. It's called the real squeeze. It says the strong man at the circus was demonstrating his strength by taking a green stick and squeezing the sap out of it. When he had squeezed out several drops, he asked if anyone from the audience would like to try. A very frail looking little lady came forward, took the stick in both hands and squeezed. To the amazement of the strong man, a little bit of sap ran down over her knuckles. Who are you anyhow, lady, he asked. She says, oh, I'm just the treasure at a Methodist church, she replied. Amen. Boo. Some of you will get it. It's coming. Amen. How many of you know how to squeeze every last drop out of every penny? All right. Um, you can distribute the communion to everyone, yeah. You know, we are entering, or have entered this next decade. And so, um, one of the things that we have to uh, realize is that 2020, everybody's saying what a difficult year it is. But I want to challenge you again to allow God in this season to reconstruct your minds, to give you a fresh perspective. Um, I shared this morning a little bit about how uh, a pastor, I, don't, I wouldn't know this gentleman if I saw him, but uh, it's going, I guess, all over uh, Messenger and, I don't know, Facebook maybe. But, uh, you know, about five people sent it to me. So I finally thought, I don't like to read everything they send me because some of it is, you know, just, weird but you know okay so I turn it on and you know it was about a pastor and he, he said he had these dreams and they were all about destruction and America and you know just on and on and I thought okay he said so at the very end that's all I wanted to know was what was his solutions to dealing with his dreams and so his solution was and I just, I was like, 
a little shocked. But his solutions were, okay, make sure you have uh, guns and ammunition in your house. Make sure you have food uh, for a good, you know, number of months. And he just kept going, I thought, oh, my word. I was like, there's nothing but fear all over this thing. And so finally I just, you know, I looked at Bishop and I said, well, what do you think? He goes, eh, he goes, let's just pray. He goes, that's what he should be doing. And I, I thought, that's it. He never mentioned to get on our face and be praying. So, you know, that kind of hit me this morning because God said to me, yes, there are going to be warnings. But the warnings are so that we will do something. How many of you warn your children? You do this again, and man, I'm going to set you on fire or whatever, right? Um, and so I really sense that this decade, we are to be different than the world. And I sense God saying, I want my people to rise up as people of faith. Faith. Now listen, because um, I think part of that faith is having come through this season of COVID. And how many of you already sense things are really different than what they ever used to be? And how many of you sense they're not going back mm -hmm. to the way they used to be? Now, some of those things are good. You know, like when you go to the restaurant now, them waitresses have their masks on. And quite frankly, I wouldn't mind if they put a pair of those gloves on. <laughs> because I think we can get lazy with the way we serve. How many of you hear what I'm saying? God is dealing with our hearts. He's looking at us and saying, look, I've given you this time, this season. And how many of you wonder, well, maybe we might be returning to that in the fall? Who knows? Please, Jesus. Uh, but the reality was God saying, I'm pulling you to myself. Now, the question I have for you tonight is, how many of you have honored that in your life? How many of you have allowed God to do some deep surgery and structuring and taking things apart and putting them back together again in your spirit? How many of you have allowed him to do some healing? That blessed me when uh, Scott sang for us this evening, but he really sang to the Savior. His audience was really an audience of one, not us. We just got the blessing. But I could sense God had done something and he had responded. Saints, we got to do something. We got to respond to what God is doing in our lives. And if after March to now, you can only say, well, I gained 20 pounds. Something's wrong with this. Hello? God is doing something in us. Amen. See, you have been forced yep. to shift. As Tom, Dr. Tom said, everybody say reset. Reset. You have been reset. Things are changed. Things will continue to change, and they are changing. Yeah. Now hear me. I'm going to say something tonight, and maybe I'll be wrong, but I'm going to share tonight with you 
what I put God has put a place upon my heart before we take communion. Um, I don't like a lot of the doom and gloom that's out there. God's going to judge America for the sins, for the homosexual marriages. God's going to judge the country for abortion. I'd rather see faith preached and stood within us to believe that this is the greatest harvest time. Yes. But, but, but hear me, hear me. I'm going to share what I feel God has said to me. I'm not Democrat, I'm not Republican, and I'm not right. endorsing right. a candidate for public office. Let me make that clear. I'm going to just tell you what I sense and feel prophetically. They're talking about a resurgence of COVID-19. Is that right? There's going to come a time of quietness and a rest. We're in that place right now of rest from the heat of the battle. We're not out of the battle. Right. Not a time to stop praying. Not a time Amen. to back up. It's not a time to yeah. say this is not working. It's not a time to, yeah. to lax. It's a time to press even harder. For what I see, if, again, I'm not endorsing Kennedy, if, and I believe he will get reelected, Donald Trump, if he gets reelected, amen, there could be more increase in violence in the United States. They will rise up in violent behavior. Now, that's not endorsing the man or the office. I'm just telling you what I sense and feel could happen. If he gets reelected, this country might come unglued again for a season. It will be a season, and then there'll be a rest. We are in terrible, terrible lawlessness time. The spirit of Antichrist is already here. In lawlessness, it's here on the earth. And what we have is the blood. Thank you, Amen. It, I'm not saying, now this is not perfect, this is just me speaking, I'm just thinking. It wouldn't take nothing, nothing, maybe a week to ten days to go to a cashless society. Again, this is not the Lord. I felt the Lord was telling me about the presidency and COVID coming back and this attack. Forty million people were out of work at one time. Now, it would be nothing to go to a cashless society. Mm -hmm. Why? Why? Your money could be transferred COVID. That fear would come upon us again. Cash money on the coins, on the dollar bills. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying it's prophetic. I'm just saying you what could happen. Your cash has got COVID on it. And get you onto plastic. One step further along the way. Towards the mark of the beast. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Please. I'm just. Things turn in my mind. The Holy Spirit just turns things in my mind. But you can stop. I believe we have the power if we'll stay pressed into God in prayer and fasting and the word, stay pressed in doing the things we should do, 
come to church, read our Bible, seek God, increase our time, press back on the enemy, that we can avert a lot of this pestilence coming in fall. I also believe that we can put a halt on the enemy of what he will try to do in November if Donald Trump is reelected in the cities. But it starts now. Not when the problem is upon us. Not when the violence is here. Then we pray. We can preventative pray now. We can start praying now for the future. I prayed, hear me, for both of my children's, both of my girls' husbands when she was pregnant with both of my babies' girls. I didn't wait till they were 15 or 16. I prayed then again also for the right husband. But I began praying when she was pregnant in the womb with both those girls. Let's not wait until there's a situation in this country, again, of violence, that we got to pray against the violence and the spirits. And the, let's start now. Preventative prayer ahead of time. Does that make sense? Let's start now. We heard about October coming, a, a resurgence of, of the pestilence. Let's not wait until there's a resurgence and then pray, pray, pray. Let's start praying now. I believe in preventative prayer. And I believe as Christians, if we'll rise up, They say there's an increase in the numbers of cases. But what you're not hearing a lot is that there's a decrease in the amount of deaths. Yep. Yes, there's an increase in the insurgence of the COVID, but there's not an increase in death. It's actually gone down, the percentage of deaths. So, prophetically, let's pray. Let's press back like we were for those three months. Let's not go, ah, at ease. We're not wearing a mask. Ah, at ease now. We've got a breather. No, you're still in the war. I got a call this last Tuesday. I'm going to share this and give it back to show as we prepare for communion. Last Tuesday, I got a call from our church in Margate, Florida. If you know anything about Miami, it goes to Miami, Hollywood, Dana. Fort Lauderdale and Margate. It's like going from Roseville to East Point. Margate is the next city. In fact, our pastor there, his church is in Lauderdale. He lives just about a half mile away road in Margate. And, you know, there are many mansions down there, especially on the canals. They bring in their, their 40, 50, 60 foot cruisers and they park them in the canals. And there was a mansion on the canal all right, and they've shut all the bars down there because there's a resurgence in Florida, and here too. But in Florida, there's a resurgence, but people aren't listening. They had a party, and the alcohol was flowing, and it was a huge, huge mansion, four or five hundred youth, four or five hundred youth, on this lawn in a party. And across the canal, the neighbors saw it. And it got on the news. Girls half-dressed, alcohol flowing, no masks. Just party, party, party. Lawlessness. Lawlessness. Pray, pray, pray. Come on, say, pray, 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 
pray, pray like you never did before. And watch the joy level come up. Watch things begin to change. You are special to God. You can make a difference. Look, we're getting out of here. Come on now. The, the, world, the rest of the world can do what they want when we get out of here. Everybody say amen. <coughs> amen. But until then, pray, pray, pray. Remember the communion table. Take it every day. And I pray that there's not a resurgence of violence in this country. Because well, it'll slow down. It's already a little bit starting to slow down the violence. It'll slow down. But it could be resurgent. Resurgence in June. Amen. The blood of Jesus. The blood. Everything's back to the blood. Cheryl. This decade is like no other decade. Uh, and what God just began to show me is that through even through this season of unrest, you know, when I was growing up, I was 13 with the 67 riots in Detroit. We just thought that was incredible. But this generation, he has the riots, the looting, the pandemic, the civil unrest. I mean, they just get it all in one package. And, you know, all that God kept saying to me, though, is it's a season where I really am developing your faith. How many of you, your faith has increased? You have to say your faith has gone up because you see God moving. It can only be God in some in most of it's gone on, just bringing that peace. Um, but what God showed me also is, I said, why are we fearing so much? Mm -hmm. You know, we're a people of faith. How many of you would say, yeah, I, I, I have faith? Okay, if we've got faith, then what's with all the fear? How many of you have noticed everywhere you turn? Fear, fear, you know? Uh, people look at you like you have green ears if you walk into a place without a mask. And I'm like, I'm not coming near people. I went to the zoo the other day with my grandson. I took my grandson Gabriel to the zoo. People wore masks at the zoo out in the open fresh air. And I thought, what is all this, you know? And we've got to step up people. We've got to step up as people of faith. Now, I'm not saying I, when I go into a place, I put a mask on, not for me. I put it so I don't offend and so that I don't make someone else uncomfortable. But I'm saying if we're this people of faith, then begin to share this faith. <laughs> begin to tell people about your faith. I walked into a store the other day and, you know, you had to keep a mask on and so I'm at the checkout, and there's this little gal, and I know she was a Muslim. And she began to just uh, wait on me, and I said, well, you know, I want you to have a blessed day. She goes, well, thank you. She says, you know, I just hate wearing these masks. And I said, yeah, they're not the best thing when you're trying to communicate. I said, but, I said, you know, do you have anything you need prayer for? And she goes, well, who are you? And I said, well, I'm a pastor. And I said, and I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. She goes, really? And she goes, wow. She goes, I hope you come back. I'd like to talk to you. 
And she had like a whole line behind me. But I thought, you know what, God, I'm going to plant this seed. And I said, well, what's your first name? And she told me. And I said, well, I'll be praying for you. She goes, yeah, yeah, would you please? They're hungry out there. This is the season of the greatest harvest. And how can we not think the enemy doesn't want to steal that? How many of you heard what Scott said when he sang? When there's a call on your life, when there's an anointing, the enemy wants to steal. Well, listen, there is a call on every life here. And the enemy wants to steal. We're called to share this gospel everywhere we go. And people are desperate right now, more than they ever have been. Right? The other thing that God said is we got to take this thing seriously. Already, I don't know how many of you have noticed, a lot of folks are already back to business as usual, ripping, running, I got to go do this, I got to get that done. And I just have said, no, I refuse to do it. I cut off all night meetings. If I have to have one, it's got to be one few and far between. I just decided, no, at night after six, I'm home, he's home, we're praying, we're spending time together, we're having dinner together. You've got to make some boundary lines for your life. Yes. Because the devil wants you ripping and running and not making time. You just get caught away. You can go a whole day and not even open your word. This has got to change, and we got to take this whole thing seriously. Because mm -hmm. just like Bishop said, it's what we do now. Not when we wait till the next disaster hits. Amen? Amen. He said four or 500 people not obeying the law. They've closed the beaches down. They just found another way around it. That's right. Party on this huge mansion. They figure four to 500 people. Things are changing and things come to a rest. Now let me remind you of something that we're at rest with right now. Let's rewind the clock about two years ago. Okay? The devil just wants to put us in fear. Let's go back two years ago. What have you heard lately about North Korea? Nothing. What have you heard lately about a nuclear war? Nothing. What happened to him? Is he alive? Some people think he's dead. But see, there was a season when that thought plagued us. And the enemy used fear to torment us in North Korea about the atomic warfare. How many remember that? Yeah. But we just happened to forget about that. But I personally believe that because people prayed, Christians played, Christians interceded, Christians prayed against this young Chang Chung Chung Chang Chu, whatever his name was, North Korean, amen, that God answered prayer, whether he took him off the face of the earth or bound him up so bad. He can't move, but the fear has been removed. Now it's just another tactic of the enemy. You have a threefold attack upon this nation. Yeah. The economy, the pestilence, and the riots. But I know one thing, that you can make a difference. Right. Your prayers make a difference. Let God 
use you wherever you go. People are open to the gospel. People want to hear what you got to say. People are wanting to be prayed for. People want to be witnessed to. You know, as we prepare to close, I know it's a little different service tonight. Again, we had a word prepared for tonight to preach. I, I want just want to really challenge you yes. to pray. Um, I had to ask God to forgive me last night. Again? Again? I said, God, not you. Dear. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did he tell you to ask me but, to forgive you? To um, yeah, no. forgive me. You're forgiven. Um, okay, we're babysitting my daughter's dog. <laughs> so we have three dogs right now. So Clyde is just this little white terrier, and he's so sweet. And so we've had him for three days now, and he goes home tomorrow. Hallelujah. But um, this was really strange. Last night at 3 o'clock in the morning, Clyde just was, you know, he's laying right next to me on the bed, and he just started to lick my face. So I'm like, hi, you have to go outside. You know, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. I just want to sleep. So I got up, and Bishop rolled over. He goes, why don't you just go let him out? Okay. So I let him out. I got back in bed. Only now Clyde comes and licks my face again. And now it's closer to 4 o'clock. And I'm like, oh my God, I just want to sleep. So I went out on the couch in the living room and I laid on that thinking, well, maybe he'll lay with me and just chill out. And I, you know, I'm, th I'm thinking, oh, it's the fireworks. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. And so on the couch, I laid there in about an hour, maybe 45 minutes. And sure enough, Clyde's licking my face. So I'm like, I'm going to kill this dog, you know. Can you go home now? Do we have to wait till Monday? So then I woke up finally at 5.30, quarter to six, and I said, I'm just going to pray. And I got into prayer, and God just reminded me. He said, I woke you up at three. I said, oh, God, forgive me. God's going to wake you up. He may, you may not have a Clyde. But God's going to wake you up, and he wants you to pray. And I realized, you know, I, I just said, God, forgive me. And I said, what do you want me to pray for? He said, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, I get it. So when I do, I literally get on my face in my workout room, and I get on my knees, and I just start crying. It's there's something about getting on your knees. It humbles you. And I just start crying and I just start praying. And what I find is when I begin to pray in tongues, I begin to pray for the nation, pray for the nations, pray that they come into alignment, pray that the economy comes into alignment, pray for my family, pray that people are genuinely saved. Listen, I listened today, this afternoon I heard uh, a, a preacher, I love this guy, Paul Washer, and he talked about how people are saying they're saved. They're, they're claiming they're Christians. And he said, but they're not living like Christians. And we got to pray. We got to pray that our walk is pure and that God is really working on us. And we got to pray for the world. 
So, you know, be sensitive. Be sensitive that if you get woken up, no matter what hour it is, it's not what you ate before you went to bed. It's not your pet acting strange. It's, it's God saying, get up and pray. How many of you hear what I'm saying? Because we'd rather just roll over and go back to sleep. I'll pray in the morning. No, there is sometimes an urgency that you don't even realize is happening, and you need to pray then. So does that make sense? I really sense we, someone needed to hear that. Amen? If you will pray, except for three days in the last four months, I've saw a miracle every day of the week. A miracle. Every day of the week, except for three. My wife is cooked every day of the week. Amen. Except for three days in the last four months. That is miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. Give God a clap offer. Amen. I believe in miracles. That is the truth. And I like it. That's, that's really. Todd, would you come and close us with Amen. all the blood as we prepare? I want to share, Bishop will share the communion, uh, but I just want to share the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 11, of course. But before I go there, I want to go to 1 Samuel chapter 7. Because what I want you to get the understanding is, yes, Communion table is a weapon of war. That's what I have been given that revelation. It's a war weapon we use. Um, I'm teaching on the heavenly court prayer. That's another spiritual warfare uh, tool. Uh, and I challenge you, if you'd like to hear those teachings, you can go to YouTube if you can't. Join us on Wednesday nights. I'm speaking it on YouTube also, but... Um, these are tools that you can use in your arsenal. The thing that I want you to see here in 1 Samuel 7, and that's verses 8 to 12. Follow with me if you have your Bible in your phone or wherever. It says, um, the Israelites were at war, okay? And they said to Samuel, Pray to the Lord our God and do not stop. I'm using the easy-to-read version in my phone. And ask him to help us. Ask him to save us from the Philistines. So the Israelites were at war with the Philistines, and they needed a boost. So they said to Samuel, please, will you go to prayer and, and ask God to stop this? In verse 9, so Samuel gave a young sheep as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. And he prayed to the Lord. And Samuel asked him to help the Israelites. And the Lord gave a good answer to him. While Samuel was giving the burnt offering to the Lord, the Philistines moved nearer. They were ready to attack Israel. But the Lord caused a very loud noise in the sky against the Philistines. He confused and frightened them. They started to run away. See, they were in it together with Samuel. When you come together and when you fight in prayer for your brothers and sisters in the Lord, when you fight in prayer, and what was happening here 
as the communion table is that Samuel was making offering. Every time you take communion, you're doing what? Making offering, right? Now look at verse 11. The Israelite men came out from Mizpah. They ran after the Philistines to a place below Bethkar, and they killed them along the way. As we make offering tonight, God is moved, not by you making offering, but by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And he causes your enemies to be confused and to turn on themselves. Your enemies are not people. Your enemies are spirits of darkness. And they will go into total confusion. Look what it says. After that, Samuel took a stone and he put it up between Mizpah and Shen and he called the stone Ebenezer. He said, the Lord has helped us all this way. The Lord, in other versions it says, it literally says that the enemy was confused and turned on himself. How many of you need that kind of power in your prayer arsenal? I do. I don't, I don't want to work that hard. I want God to do it. I want him to turn that enemy on himself. And this is a great way. So as we take communion tonight, I want you to think of, about who you are crying out to for God to turn your enemy on himself. Amen. I want to read this to you. Listen and you'll catch this. Worry. 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 Worry is a conversation you have with yourself about things you cannot change. Are you there? Prayer is a conversation you have with God about things only He can change. Let me say that one more time. Hear, hear me closely. Put your hand over your ear. Say, Lord. Does it worry? Put your hand on top of your ear. Say, Lord. Let me hear this. In my spirit. See, worry. Say, worry is a conversation I have with myself about things I cannot change. Prayer is a conversation you have with God about things only He can change. Pray, pray, pray. Let us remember Calvary. In 1 Corinthians 11, it says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Say, same night. Same night. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. Same night, knowing what was going to happen, he still gave thanks. Yes. Knowing what was ahead, the same night, he gave thanks. Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Amen. Let us partake. Thank you, Father.
We do this in remembrance of you. Thank you, Father. And after the same manner also he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show my death till I come. Let's remember the blood of God in human form in the name of Jesus. He took a body, his son. Father, we just thank you tonight. He forgave you. Father, we just thank you that as we empty our hearts tonight, we appropriate this broken body and shed blood to our lives. We stand in the gap for every person remotely connected to us. And we thank you tonight that as we have partaken, that God, you grant us repentance. You grant us mercy. You grant us grace, forgiveness, healing, cleansing. You are a good God. Father, we thank you for these things tonight. We thank you for clean hands and a pure heart. We thank you tonight that you have erased our sin. Lord, we want to walk with you. We want to be like you. So we thank you tonight. Thank you, Jesus. See, you're the blood-bought church. Amen. You're the one that God redeemed. You have no sin. Yeah, but I did this, didn't do this right. I didn't do that right. What about this one? You're forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. He bought you. He forgave you. You know, about two weeks ago, I finally got in and got a hair appointment. And uh, I went up there. Couldn't go to the counter. Everybody's in, got gowns from here to there. Plastic gowns. They put a plastic gown on me. And they, they put me in the apron. Tied it in the back. And the hairstylist came out. She had a face mask shield on and an apron. And I'm going, what is this? I feel like I'm in a zoot suitor like with a space cadet. Amen? And I'm in there. And she gets a call while we're in there. And she said, my appointment was at, I was there at 9 o'clock. And I was talking to her. I've known Marianne for several years. And she says, I got to work on 9.30 tonight. You're my first appointment. I got here about 15 minutes ago. She says, my feet are already bothering me. She's standing there. And she gets a phone call. And she starts to cry a little bit. I says, please, she knows I'm a pastor. She says, would you please remember my mother in prayer? I just got a call from my sister. And they called my sister. My mother's in a convalescing home. And they said, it doesn't look good. She says, I can't leave here till 9.30 tonight. I got to work 12 and a half hours. I've been here for 15 minutes already. She says, my legs are bothering me now. And she says, I can't leave. 
because they're so backed up, they'll get fired. Would you please remember my mother in prayer? So that's an open door. Yeah, I could take her name down. Chaplain L'Oreal, editor of the prayer list. New. New. She got off the phone when I was all done. I gave her a little generous tip because it was hard for them during this pandemic. I says, give me your hand. Let's pray right now for your mother. I took her hands. I began to pray. Tears are coming down her eyes. I prayed for her mother. Then I says, Marianne, I want to pray for you now. I want you to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Have you done some things wrong in your life? She says, yes. I says, we all have. That's called sin. It's time to change. God will give you the strength to change. That's repentance. You don't have to always say, you've got to repent, you got to repent. No. you got to change some things. Amen? There's a way to witness with wisdom. So instead of just saying, remembering her mother in prayer, I ended up praying for her right there. Let's pray now, I said. And then I took home the prayer request and put it on the prayer list. But I prayed for her right there. And then after that, I said, you're going to need Christ in this to stand. And she gave her heart to Jesus. This is not that hard to do. People are very open right now. Use every opportunity to share the love of Christ. For you are God's special, chosen, redeemed ones. Let's stand at our feet. Amen. Let's sing about the blood tonight. If you came late and you brought your, your tithe or you have a seed, or take your seed out and just place it in the basket. Oh, the blood. 